0: Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, executive editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Carolyn Guss, the group vice president of marketing at Sally Beauty. Welcome, Carolyn. Hi, thank you so much. Carolyn, you know, I'm so excited to talk to you, not only because, um, you know, I'm excited to hear about what Sally Beauty has been doing, but Sally Beauty, I feel like, though in Texas and has such a big footprint in Texas where I'm from, you know, maybe some of these East Coast kids and some of these people around the country don't know as well. So I'm wondering from your perspective, if you could describe like what you think Sally Beauty offers and is is different from what else is in the beauty landscape. Great. Thank you for asking. You're right. Our headquarters is in Texas, but we are actually
1: all over the country. We've been part of local communities for the past 50 years. So we really have a long heritage in the beauty and particularly in the pro beauty space. Um, And and I would say that our bread and butter is hair color, where a lot of our strength lies as well as uh, care and nails. But what I would say is that, um, you know, there's a couple of things that really set Sally Beauty apart. First is we have a really wide assortment of salon quality, hair color, hair care, and nail products. And a lot of them are brands and products you can't get anywhere else. Uh, The second thing is that when you walk into a Sally Beauty, you get professional expertise that, um, that I think is really unmatched. So all of our sales associates are trained in pro hair color and hair care. And so they really have an extensive knowledge. So if you come in and you're looking for something specific, or you're trying to change your look, you're going to get really hands on pro uh, help. And then, you know, the last thing I would say is that, um, you know, we are really committed to we we have such a wide assortment, but we're really committed to uh, to meeting diverse needs of, of customers, so you know whether it 's textured hair care or it 's different types of hair color there 's so many different thing, different needs
0: that we satisfy going to Sally Beauty. So you know, one thing you just said, Carolyn, which I think is fascinating because I remember this um, in Texas, is that Sally Beauty's footprint was really not like mall centric. It was very community driven, where you would the grocery store was or where a Target was. Is that the idea, and is that your main like store strategy? Yes, absolutely. We are not predominantly mall based. We are
1: in uh, you know shopping centers and a lot of. Uh, you know, uh, local communities. I mean, you will really find us all over the place, which I think really speaks to the breadth and depth of of what we're able to offer consumers.
0: And you have thirty seven hundred stores. Is that correct? Around that, yeah. So, you know, obviously, I want to talk about the pandemic and the crazy year that we've been in, but and obviously how that affected stores. But pre pandemic, what was you know your strategy or approach for how Sally Beauty was going to maybe modernize or evolve um, this year? Yeah, well, I'll tell you pre-pandemic,
1: you know, starting in January, we had a a pretty extensive brand relaunch that we were in the throes of. So we had just started it. The, The tagline was all around unleash your potential. And really it was about um, you know, to your point, modernizing the brand, but really showcasing to consumers that uh, they that we would deliver the confidence they needed to DIY at home.
0: The strategy
1: honestly has not changed because that's become even more important during the pandemic. But I will tell you that you know we were in the throes of doing TV and out of home advertising, and um, you know making a big media investment. And so some, some of that uh, obviously changed with what was happening with COVID. And then, you know, the other thing is we were embarking on a digital transformation. So we were making updates to our app. We had just launched ColorView, which is um, AI technology so that you can pick your, um, uh, pick your favorite shade and see how it looks on you before you buy it. So we had a lot of things uh, in the works that we had just started when the pandemic hit.
0: So it sounds like you were pretty well prepared, I think, from a a digital perspective (laughs) for what was to be the next eight months and maybe, you know, a year and a half of our lives. But I'm wondering, you know, what was that initial shock like, especially with the stores? Because I know you have so many stores, so many associates, and then you also have a big responsibility to the professional small business network where they're buying supplies from you to then cut hair at home or color in their own salons. Yeah, I
1: mean, I would say that really, um, what we had to do was be nimble. So, on in the store side, um, in the the consumer side, it was really. And I, Honestly, both sides. It was really like, how do we meet customers the way they need to shop? So we were prepared, but we also accelerated a bunch of things uh, from a digital and omnichannel perspective. So for example, we launched ship from store so that you could get your product um, and get uh, assortment faster. We launched uh, Bopus recently. So in case you don't want to go into the store, you have that option. Uh, We on the, on the Cosmoprof side launched same day delivery um, to, to really make sure that we could fit the needs of stylists who, who really had to uh, be very nimble during this time. So we accelerated a lot of our omni channel offerings to make sure that we could, you know, we could
0: meet customers the way they needed uh, to shop. From your perspective, as things have waned on, how has the customer responded, you know, to this new way of shopping? You know, some people say, will they ever go back in store again? Or will they use the stores as replenishment tools versus discovery tools the way they once were kind of flipped with online? So what's Sally's perspective on that? You know, I mean, I
1: think there are some consumers who love the in-store shopping experience. And I, I don't think that uh, they are going to, to switch completely to, to online shopping. Um, so I do think definitely consumers will come back. Um, I think what people are embracing is they, the convenience of being able to buy online and pick up in store, for example, the convenience of being able to try things like curbside. It was just like faster adoption of different ways of shopping that maybe
0: consumers might not have tried before. Let's talk about the customer for a second, because you said, um, you just mentioned the consumer. And, you know, from your perspective, you obviously have two sets of consumers. You have the lay everyday, you know, female consumer who may come into stores to buy her own hair color, but you also have the professional. So has that changed a lot with all of this um, new digital prowess that you guys are embarking on? No, we still service both and we're still really committed to both. I think for the
1: salon pro, um, she's really had to be very nimble. So depending on where she is, obviously different regulations have caused salons to open and close at different times. But for her, uh, for the salon professional, you know, her focus has been on keeping, uh, keeping her salon safe and keeping it well stocked. And I would say that that's one of the reasons why we leaned in more to increasing our assortment of PPE products. So having masks, hand sanitizers, uh, gloves, uh, disposable capes—those kinds of products that were even more important to her—you uh, know, we we definitely increased our supply on. And then the other thing is, you know, for for salon pros, uh, we had to really focus. Uh, more on digital education. So they rely on, you know, depending on where they are, continuing education so that they keep salon credits uh, so that they can continue to, to keep their license. So you know, we offered online CE credits and, and um, also partnered with some of our brands to make sure that we could bring the, the salon
0: pros, the, the education that they needed um, online. You know, one thing you said a second ago, I would have never even thought about that. Like, you know, stocking PPE masks and stocking supplies that the professional needs. You know, I know you have a very close relationship with these professionals. Like, how have, has that communication maybe intensified during this time, whether it be through social or, you know, one-on-one? Because I know one thing we're going to talk about later is your latest campaign around um, around your professional ambassadors. Yeah, I mean, I would say that social media has
1: been a tremendous resource and one that we focused even more on uh, in the pandemic and ongoing, because whether it's the salon pro or the consumer, she's been very focused on trying to get education and expertise um, online, and particularly through social, but a, a variety of channels. So I think people just you know, use a lot of different things. Podcasts have really exploded, and that's why we've we launched a podcast uh, recently. You know, some people obviously Instagram is is key. Others are embracing TikTok much more than before, which is another channel that we we branched into. But I would say whether it's the pro or the consumer, she's been very active online.
0: What about um, for the lay consumer? Because you know, obviously with all of your digital initiatives, you have the opportunity to reach so many more people. But at the same time, you're competing with so many more online retailers who are trying to either amp up their hair and nail care assortment, or they're buying it from Amazon. So what is kind of your approach there? Yeah, so I would say that we did a couple
1: of things differently. So we, we've always worked with beauty influencers. But what we really did differently with Sally Crew is that we were looking for influencers who are great educators. So, you know, there's, there's no shortage of content online about, um, you know, showcasing great looks. Uh, but the the question consumers have is really like okay, but can I possibly do that myself and how would I do it and how would it work on somebody like me And so we looked for for beauty educators who could really break down the problem, who could uh, um, do it in a way that was educational but also, Approachable and believable, and that's what I love about the four women that we brought together in the Sally crew. Because I think that um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll be honest. We poured through a ton of applications to make sure that we found uh, the right fit and the right women who would um, you know personify our brand, but really bring that expertise to consumers in a way that that was believable and that they felt they could do at home. So, you know, we leveraged through Sally Crew and, uh, and we're putting a lot of that content on our DIY university, focus on our website and across social
0: and all of our, our digital channels. So, Carolyn, I'm wondering, you know, with the Sally Crew specifically, which recently launched and we wrote about it here at Glossy, you know, I'm wondering how you find these people because, you know, everybody talks about education and entertainment today. Everyone's talking about authenticity with their influencers. But, you know, who is your customer? Like, what is she really looking for? Because I think that sometimes you watch a tutorial and it may have a million views, but it didn't actually teach you anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I'll tell you, you know, our customer
1: is very diverse. Okay? So we have some customers who are super adventurous. They're willing to, uh, you know, try the latest Vivids trends. They're willing to make their hair purple or blue. They're they're willing to try a lot of different things. And then we have some customers who are more looking for brass tacks. They're like, I need to cover my gray every four to six weeks, and I need to know, like, uh, you know, what color, what developer, how to mix it. And so we have to service a lot of different needs. And that's why when we were looking for our Sally crew, we took so much time to make sure we, we had them submit content. Um, so that was, you know, part of the phase. So they, they all submitted content, um, through social and then directly to us. Um, we had people vote on the content, but we also, had an interview panel across our Sally Beauty team to make sure that we were getting varied perspectives of how does the Sally crew educate, um, you know, who's really informing and doing it in a way that I understand. And so we brought together a pretty
0: um, a pretty varied panel to, to help us kick this crew. So will you talk about the women that you guys did choose and what their specialty really is and how it relays back to... What you want to do in this coming year? Yeah.
1: So we have f- four women. Uh, we have Asia Gilmore. She's a DIY textured hair and nail expert. Um, she's really into um, uh, uh, self love and um, she's a real fashionista. But what we really loved about her, so she began doing her hair at age 10. And so and she was just so extremely passionate about sharing her beauty knowledge with everybody in an achievable way. Um, She showed so many variations of nails and textured hair. And I think for we're finding that in particular for our textured hair consumers really an underserved consumer um in the beauty space and so the expertise she brought was was super helpful. Um we the the second woman uh on our team is Charity Leblanc. Uh so she's also she's a real DIY hair color expert. And if you check out any of her looks you'll see just just a you know tremendous uh adventurous spirit in the way that she approaches hair color, but also she's a DIYer at heart, you know, which, which to us was really important because she's been learning how to do this herself. And she's been able to teach people how to do it too. Um, and then also, so she's a mom, uh, she has, um, a very um close connection with her daughter and does a lot of uh looks on her daughter as well but she brings just such a playful um attitude and spirit to to everything that she's doing that I, that we felt was so uh, was so approachable and so um you know we felt like our consumers could really identify with her because i think moms in general especially in this pandemic have been dealing with things that have, I mean, I, I can't even begin to talk about the challenges that that moms have faced uh, during this time. And so for us, you know, that was a really unique angle. Our third person is Emily Bullen. So she actually is a professional stylist. And so she really knows how to, uh, she's really into product-based education and um, really understands the latest emerging trends from the pro space that she can bring to to hair color. And then finally, uh, we have Zanita Kali, who is also focused on DIY textured hair. Um, And I would tell you that with her, um, she has a really deep understanding of hair growth and curl patterns, um, and she also has been shopping at Sally since she's a teenager. So she she really knew the products in, products, um, in and out. And, and we felt like she just brought such a great energy.
0: Carolyn, I'm just wondering, you know, I love the idea of that you miss mixing real people who have this expertise with professionals. So how has like kind of the education and engagement around that been since these women have started, you know, being more public facing with Sally, and you know, being part of more regular initiatives with the company. You know, it's
1: been super positive, and I think that um, you know we've seen tremendous interest um, from our Sally crew with our social community. But I would also say that you know, um, when when you have real, authentic people representing your brand and connecting with your consumers. They they feel a connection that is just very different than I think you can get through standard standard advertising, right? So um, I would say that you know one thing that's really a positive out of COVID, if there can be any, is that it's humanized a lot of people and it's it's humanized brands. Um, and when I say it's humanized, people like you know you have so many people working from home where you're kind of seeing them in their natural element, right? And you kind of, you know, we're, we're all obviously working hard and trying to do what we need to do to get through the day. And it's kind of, you know, seeing that aspect of like, Hey, these are all, these are four very real women who are dealing with the same challenges that, that I, that I have. Um, And, and that I think brings a level of inspiration and kind of like an, an, empowerment that I think you can't get through just standard you know, company marketing that, that
0: people have done in the past. So Carolyn, obviously you, you oversee marketing at Sally Beauty, and I'm sure, you know, so much of this is new, whether it's TikTok or the Sally crew, but what about traditional marketing? Like, what's your take on, you know, out of home campaigns and, you know, big billboards and airports and, you know, what's, you know, Sally's position on that? And how do you think, you know, that's going to drive the business in 2021?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a place for all different types of advertising. But but what's what's changed, obviously, is consumer behavior is quite different, right? And so you've got to understand, uh, you know, where your consumers are, how they're shopping. You know, people are not being out and about in the same way, right? And that's why connecting digitally and socially is so much more important. Uh, you know, if you look at, obviously, what's going on in... Um, uh, you know, and traffic patterns overall, it's just, you've got people who aren't out and about in the same way. And so you've got to really, you know, get to them where, where
0: they are. Um, and that's through mobile and digital and social. Would you say, I mean, I know you guys have had explosive growth online. It's like 131% year over year. I think I got that right. Is that correct? So at the height of it in Q3,
1: it was over 250%. Right. So it's, it's, you know, it's it's come down since then, um, since our stores have opened back up, but it's still um, growing
0: significantly. So knowing that and knowing how much of an investment you, what your investment has done so far, like, what are you thinking for next year? Like, is the plan to really continue to drive there versus stores or, or do both simultaneously? How do you do both? Yeah, I mean, I think...
1: Look, the, the stores are, are extremely important to us and always going to be important to us. Um, and so what, it, what we're trying to do, though, is make sure that people have a variety of shopping options. And so you know, what, when we're marketing, we need to make sure that they understand that, um, you know, one, number one, they're going to be safe when they're shopping with us. But number two, you know, whether they feel comfortable coming into the store or buying online and picking up at the store or um, shopping online through our app or um, e-com site, that there are many different options. Um, I would say that, you know, overall, our, our company has done um, a tremendous, uh, has worked tremendously to keep our stores and our store associates safe and that's been
0: our number one priority from you know the minute that this pandemic hit. So what about from the merchandising perspective because I know you said at the top of this conversation you know so much of what you all have is so different from what you find at other retailers. But you know there seems to be a little bit of a consolidation in the larger beauty space of what's happening right now and I'm wondering what that's like for you because you know how is it more difficult? Is it less difficult to, you know, get those exclusives right now with brand partners and to have a really unique assortment um, because brands want to work with you or or what's that like? Yeah. I mean, we continue to have great support from our
1: brand partners. And I would say one thing that we've done actually is, you know, we've been very, uh, very conscious about, um, you know, making sure that we're making a priority for women and Black-owned brands in particular. And that was one of the things that we did with launching our Cultivate program, which we launched three years ago, was a platform. It was really an accelerator program for us to work with uh, female-founded brands. And we launched it again this year, and have started working with. We got, I will say, tremendous interest in the program from a number of different um, emerging brands, and uh, you know, a number of them to be, to be honest, were in the textured hair space um, because we found that it's been such an um, underserved category. And so, I would say that that overall, um, we've not had any issue with with. Uh, Partners and with working with different brands, it's more so that we're trying to make sure that we find the right brands that serve the needs of our consumer
0: base. Will you talk a little bit, a little bit more in detail about um, you know the diverse customer? And you know, you mentioned textured hair just a second ago, and I know how that's changing in aisle, kind of like at every retailer. So. You know what is that consumer looking for from Sally? You know, obviously textured hair products and textured hair products at work, but you know, what about just in terms of like envi- an environment that's welcoming or social media that's welcoming? Yeah, I mean, you hit the needle on the
1: head. Okay, so she wants to feel um, she or he wants to feel like um, the the place that they're shopping is a place for them. Um And so whether it is the store associate experience or seeing model imagery that reflects them or seeing product that's reflective of who they are and their needs, um, we have to be really aware and conscious of that and not just, um, you know, it's not just about product assortment. I think it goes through the entire customer experience of making sure that we are, uh, that we're really understanding our customer and, and, and uh, you know, meeting her needs the way she needs to be met. So I would say that it's, it's definitely an important focus, especially given that we have such, uh, you know, like, like I said, we are in, in so many different communities um, across the U.S., and you know we serve such a diverse range, and we need to make sure that our store associates and that all of our employees
0: really understand and are
1: um, uh, receptive to our to our customer needs.
0: Last question for you, Carolyn. I know I feel that like this has gone by so fast and I, yet I can talk to you for so much longer. Um, you know, I'm wondering what your outlook is overall for beauty next year because you know you hear these reports that, offline's going online, online's going offline. Like, you know, we're obviously doing better than some of the other categories out there, like footwear or fashion. But, you know, where do you think the growth is for beauty next year? And and what are you excited about? So I think DIY is going to continue to be a focus. Um, I
1: think that, you know, self-care Uh, which is part of DIY is super important because she is really trying to, um, you know, indulge and create, you know, create an environment for her at home that, um, you know, that that makes her feel good. So so I think self care. And I think the other thing that we're seeing a lot of is that women are more open to experimentation. So that's part of why, you know, we've um, you know, we've been focusing on different trends, whether it's vivids or whether it's different, um, you know, fun nail techniques, but it's almost like she's home and feeling empowered of, you know what, like the risk is low. Let me try different things. Um, and I almost feel like that's brought out a kind of a positivity and a sense of, um, you know, a sense of, I would say, fearlessness that maybe women haven't had in the past because they've been more like, okay, I have to have a corporate look. And,
0: um, so that I think has been a lot of fun and we're going to see more of. Thank you so much, Carolyn. It was so great having you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning into the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you're listening. See you next week.